You're listening to the My NFT Journey podcast. Each week our host Andy Storch will share his journey and newly found passion for non-fungible tokens. Welcome to My NFT Journey. I am your host, Andy Storch, and this is a show where I share my NFT journey as well as the journeys of others and lessons we've learned along the way, as long as well, as well as interesting projects and things that are going on in the space to help you with your NFT journey and give you the alpha that you need, as they say, to go out and make great decisions in the NFT space. And I'm excited to welcome Bryant and Brittany back to the show, the founders of Farm Folk, which is an NFT project supporting a six-acre permaculture farm out in Ohio. Their mission is to grow and donate healthy food to the people in their community who need it most. And through Farm Folk TV, their NFT holders will be able to join them on the journey as they turn the land into a thriving, regenerative ecosystem. I'm excited to dig into this, guys. So tell me about the idea for this. You said that you you talked to Bennett, to Ben about NFTs and you were already like looking at this subscription model idea, but you really wanted to serve what's the right word, Under underrepresented, underprivileged people who maybe don't have access to healthy food. So where did this idea come from and how did NFTs play into it? Well, you guys were talking about it a lot on the side. And then one day I like caught him drawing like a doodle on a piece of paper <laughs> and then taking a picture of it. I was like, what are you doing? He was like, I, I'm talking to Ben. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so that was the start of it. I don't know how you, what you guys were talking about or how, what came from there, but I thought that was really funny. The, the doodle on a piece of paper and like yeah. food deserts are a pretty, pretty bad problem uh, mm-hmm. kind of everywhere. Um, but specifically where we are, it's like one eighth of the people that live in our city are, you know, living with food insecurity and, it's something that we're passionate about. Again, with our fine dining backgrounds, we've served some amazing meals to people uh, over the years, but it's always the same kind of people and they have access to whatever they want, you know, but getting it to the rest of our community felt like something, you know, I don't know. We're incredibly privileged to have this piece of land. It's the second highest point in the county. I can see clear across to the next state from my driveway. It's beautiful up here and it feels good to be able to pay that fortune forward a little bit. So Hmm. by supporting the NFT project right now, we've got our kind of early access VIP token available on OpenSea. We only did 50 of those. It's original art. It gets you four mints, four free NFTs on mint day from the main collection. That's going to launch here at the end of the spring. But when the main main season comes out, it's a limited run. I think we're going to do like 3000 total supply, but every penny of that goes back into supporting like the compost purchases for the farm and the seed cost or whatever. And then the labor to continue to grow that food. And we're just going to give almost all of it away. I mean, I don't want to say all of it because I like to eat some of it too. And the friends that are helping us grow and stuff. Yeah. I hope you're going to eat some of it. Do you still have the subscription model for others that want to buy for you? Like in order, like you need to make money to live as well, right? Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll pay ourselves a salary from the proceeds of the NFT sales. And we're still, we're still working the, the 40, membership production model, right? Okay. We could still pivot and satisfy those 40 memberships. Mm-hmm. We're not actively selling any of them though. We've got mm-hmm. kind of, we're a whole hog on this thing now. We're having a blast doing it. It's been yeah. a lot of fun just interacting with people on Twitter and like, you know, trying to learn the space. It's been a new challenge and, you know, so the farm production is happening, but we're not actively selling any memberships to the farm. Right. We're trying to adopt, adopt that win language for the for the NFT project. So, because what we're feeling great about it. it's been, we've had some good early success, and we're about halfway sold out of those VIP tokens, and we're about 
five weeks away from the main collection. So okay. I guess we'll know a lot more in June about whether or not we spent the first half of the year we're <laughs> doing a good job. Yeah, we, but, you know, yeah, probably plenty of lessons learned either way. But sure. so right now, if people buy the VIP tokens, that's going to get them early access to the wider launch later, which in general, they're supporting you know, the production of food and feeding of other people in the community. Is there other utility that comes with this? We'll be launching Farmfolk TV at the end of spring and summer too, which it will probably be, uh, holders will get like early access to watch the episodes, but there'll be short, maybe 10 to 12 minute webisodes, kind of reality TV show style of what we're, what we're doing here, what it takes to get it done. We are very silly people and our friends are very silly people. And the thought of all of us being mic'd up on different parts of the farm, you know, talking about each other and teasing each other is it should be fun. And, you know, we're, we're, we're DIYing this whole project. Right. So like when we put the pond in, I'm not going to, you know, we're not hiring a, an excavator. We're going to do it ourselves. So if we fall in the pond, yeah. And you're watching the show, you know, you get to watch the right. ups and downs of this, or if there's a hailstorm that destroys one of the, you know, main crops or whatever, you get to kind of experience that with us too. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of talk about what utility is in the NFT space, but yeah. I think for us, the main thing is if you buy the NFT, you immediately get to feel good about where that money is going. Right. So we're not promising, you know, massive returns and we're not, we're not promising, you know, I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense to us either to be like, oh, if you buy this, then we'll let you buy this. Like, to, you know, right. like the whole whitelist grind is like, we're not going to go to the farmer's market and say like, if you buy our radishes this week, then we'll <laughs> let you buy tomatoes in June. Right. Like, but only if, you know, that doesn't make right. sense to us. So that's when you- why we decided to do the homesteader token instead of like a whitelist. We thought that mm. the homesteader token would be, at least you get, you are already guaranteed for Freemans. And then- the homesteaders will also have VIP utility. We don't know exactly how, like what we're going to do. We have talked about lots of stuff that we want to do. The last spaces or the, the spaces before the last one, someone was like, have you thought about doing music festivals out there? And I was like, Whoa. I have, or I has not, but I would love to. And I'm sure some of our homesteaders love to attend as well so like stuff like that has has been talked about we just don't know exactly you know who we're gonna meet yet and who we're gonna build those connections with and build that community but one of the biggest things that we talk about is getting people out here and home setters will obviously have the first grab at that people talk about wanting to live the life for a day which is weird because we have some homesteaders now but no one has volunteered to come out here and dig holes with us or anything and so (laughs) We'll see when they actually want to come up. Probably harvest time, where all they have to do is drink a beer and you know right. look around. <laughs> Sign me up for that. Drink a beer and watch you work, and be like, "I'm on a farm. This is yep. great." You said you have some homesteaders now, but they're not necessarily. What do you mean by that? Uh, so, like I said, we've sold about half of the homesteader tokens, so then they've okay. got their own channel in the Discord, and we're actually getting ready to mint. We bought eight chicks to add to our chicken flock this year, mm-hmm. and. We ran a little contest where if you had the homesteader, you got to name a chicken and we did a little like photo shoot in a dollhouse with them and they're very cute. So we're actually going to mint those, I think this afternoon and then surprise airdrop them to the, you know, to the homesteader holders who got to name them. Right. So like one of them is like named noodle soup and 
you know, later today when he looks in his wallet, he's going to have a little picture with, you know, the logo and a little yeah, soup true. or whatever. And so, you know, they're chicken parents and then they can watch them grow and they'll be part of the farm folk TV. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we talk a lot about like live the life for a day kind of stuff, but really the sky's the limit. First and foremost, like short term, we're going to get season one launched. Yeah. And when you're showing off your bag and you're like, oh, this one, you know, you get it's a game with Gary V or this one it's, you know, deadheads. I own the IP rights to this, this one. I really love the art and these people are great and I'm helping support small farming and they're giving the food away, you know? So it's, it's really a feel good project. I get really excited about this whole idea of like decentralizing the food chain. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of systemic problems around getting healthy food into everybody. Like it, it should be, you know, easy to eat an apple, yeah. but it's a lot harder than you think. And then when you look at communities that are yeah. up against those systemic barriers, right? Like you've got kids eating dinner from, you know, the dollar store more often than not. And then like, no wonder those kids aren't going to school and performing at their best possible level. So we want to push back against that as much as we can. And yeah. the first piece of this project is you can help us do that. Yeah, that's great. A lot of people don't realize that the whole idea of food deserts you mentioned earlier, like everybody has access to Cheetos and Doritos, right? But mm -hmm. not everybody has access to an apple, some yep. lettuce, a salad, like vegetables, beets, you know, like you said, it's, it's so uncommon in a lot of areas. So I know the main focus is on helping to feed those that don't have access to this type of food. Is there also a possibility too that you, that holders get get access to the food you're growing on your farm that you that becomes a subscription where you, you could send out farm boxes like some do or is that a lot more complicated for shipping and everything else? That would be really cool. Figuring out how to do it would be yeah, the challenge for sure. A piece that we do talk about is education and not just, you know, our silly reality TV show, but mm -hmm. holders will have access to educational videos. And we've got a book channel in our discord now we, where we share like some of our favorite books about cooking and farming and just agriculture. Hmm. Honey would be an easy one to do. Honey would be an easy one to do. Once the bees really get going, because there's a lot of food safety laws that honey is considered just something that you grew, right? It's not being like cooked or processed or whatever, but if, and, and I don't know if I want to ship people, you know, a box of beets to California or whatever, how well yeah. that would survive. But there's a really historic farmer's market downtown and they actually have an incubator, small business incubator program for like, if you wanted to start your own kimchi company, right? They've got a whole start to finish incubation process there, but they have a community kitchen there. So we've talked a little bit about maybe hooking up with them and being able to send, you know, jams and, you know, salsas and things that we can process a little bit better that would ship a little bit better. We've talked about that a little bit, but we're open to all this stuff too. One thing that's really yeah. cool about the Web3 space is that like, when you look at like music or entertainment NFTs, you're talking about fan-owned content, fan-owned records, fan-owned movies, fan-owned, you know, action figures or comic books or whatever. And like, there's no reason for us, there's no reason why you can't do that same thing with food, right? So we're, we're super open to all the feedback we can get. And we've gotten some cool, cool ideas. So definitely. And our next uh, spaces, we do a spaces every Monday night. This is Twitter spaces, by the way. Yeah, mm -hmm. Twitter yeah. spaces uh, every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And this next coming one is actually going to be we want to hear from our community, like what they want to see. We're getting close to mint date and we're getting close to like really starting to roll with the project. So we 
we were talking about it and we were like, actually let's do like, like next Monday should just be like hearing from the community and like getting ideas. A lot of our ideas come from them, which is right. really cool about the space as well. Yeah. That's cool. I want to ask you, cause I know I have people ask me all the time about creating NFTs. And so you had the knowledge going in about farming and food and you were already in that process anyway. This is a whole different ballgame. And it's one thing to get into NFTs, but to start creating. And you said, oh, we took pictures of the chicks and we mentored them, we airdropped them. This sounds very technical and complicated. So how did you learn how to do this stuff? Do you have freelance contractors that help you to do this stuff yourself? Like, how do you create the NFTs? I have photography experience. So I at least know my way around Photoshop. And then like we set up a whole elaborate photo shoot for the chicks. So like I was definitely being ridiculous with that. Um, a lot of it's self-taught. Yeah. We've gotten a lot of help from Ben, but. The main collection and the art for, for the project itself is from Papalito Studios. So he's a fantastic artist out of Milan. Um, we've dropped a few teasers, our PFP on Twitter mm-hmm. for the main account and the Homesteader token. It has this nice kind of like mid-century vibe, like retro vibe to it. It kind of looks like old school Cartoon Network or like Rocking Bullwinkle kind of look to it. So he's doing the art for the main collection. We'll have six characters, like a dozen traits, and then 10 or 15 items for each trait. So it's something like 2.6 million generative tokens that could exist of the 3000 we're going to do for season one. So we definitely outsource that. And Papalito's great. He's been awesome. He's working really, really hard on this. It's his first full project that he's done in the space. We also outsourced the the tech part of it, the actually building the smart contract. So things like, you know, you bought the homesteader, we have your wallet. So now on mint day, when you go in and click on the website, right? So they can manage the gas and all of that stuff. When you click on the website, it knows that your wallet is entitled to four free NFTs and bam, it's done, right? So we're, we're not, we're trying to streamline everything. And that was a really smart move. I think there are some platforms coming this summer that are going to make it a little bit easier, I think, for for people that are novices or not tech people mm-hmm. like like us to kind of be able to one-click and, and get in the game. But it was definitely the right move for us to to find the experts and you know, do what you can do and then make sure somebody else who's better than you does the other stuff. Right. Yeah. So as DIY people, right. We're, we always try and look at like engineering projects out here or, 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 you know, anything that needs to be done, all the machine broke down. I got to figure this out. Like if it can be done, we can probably do it, but there's always that wall where you're like, I can't do this. So now I have to find the best possible person I can get to do it. And we've gotten really lucky with the team we put together. I like the PFP that you have on on Twitter. It is pretty cool art. And was that what you used also for like the VIP collection you have now? Or is that a different artist or a different way? That you yeah. It? So it's a little different than that, but that is essentially the Homesteader. The coloration is a little different and the Homesteader token has his signature on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have to jump in the, you'll have to jump in the discord if you want to see the sneak peeks that uh, some of the traits and backgrounds and stuff. And some of the other characters are up in the discord, but I'm going to have to, let me push people into that. So if you want to see the other, I see. So I'm looking at your open C, I see the art and obviously the PFP on Twitter. And then there's the pin tweet to get people into discord if they want to check out more of that. So yeah, so you've outsourced the things that the really technical stuff, the art for the generative project. Did you need to work with attorneys or anything like that to make sure that everything was done correctly with contracts? Or is there any, any other, just thinking for people that are thinking about creating their own collections, other parts of it that you needed to consult people on? We've gotten some legal advice and most of it is, most of that conversation is around this idea of since we're giving the food away, 
operating it as a, a non nonprofit, a 503C instead of an LLC. So we're actually looking pretty closely into that now because then when you buy the NFT, it'd be a write-off for you too, right? Because you, you would essentially have donated the cost of the NFT towards right. our efforts to fund the farm. There's some math that we're trying to work through there, but you know, yeah, definitely, you know, anytime you want to start a business, the first calls to the lawyer. So right. you know, we've got some people here, but, but just like everybody else that's getting into crypto, a lot of the web two resources that we have in our network are like, what are you talking about? I don't know, you know, right. so, but again, challenge. guess who has been a big help in that space too. So <laughs> it's it. been right. Ben. <laughs> yeah, of course. Something you mentioned leading up to this, or at least in the notes for this was DeFi food chain. What do you mean by that? And, and what do you see as, you know, possibly changing with our food chain in the future? Without ranting about homeowners associations, not only is it, are there a lot of systemic barriers surrounding like food deserts and food insecurity, but like there are a lot of places where you have to have a lawn, right? And you can't grow a little bit of your own food. But mm -hmm. if our project can not only help people directly in our community, but can influence people to start a little bit of a garden or, you know, just grow a tomato plant on your, on your balcony, or at least maybe decide that like, Hey, I'm going to do meatless Mondays. And when you look at like the cost of fertilizer, for instance, right? With everything that's happening in Ukraine, that's the breadbasket of Europe. They produce a lot of fertilizer in Ukraine. And so, I mean, the, the price of fertilizer globally is skyrocketing. But if everybody was that that was in a position to was growing a little bit of their own food or eating a little bit less meat, you're that's an immediate act that you can take that might help another family of fellow humans somewhere in the world survive like actual famine. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And I think that we have a lot of challenges. I think our kids are going to have a lot of challenges in the next, you know, 20, 50 years, uh, as far as how we're supposed to feed 8 billion people. Right. I mean, the systems that have gotten us to 2022 aren't going to work to get us to 2122. Yeah. So if we can, leverage our web three presence and just keep that conversation going around access to healthy, fresh food. Maybe that's hydroponics. Maybe it's vertical farming. Maybe it's indoor farming. Maybe it's, you know, more plant-based diets being widely, widely accepted. Mm -hmm. I think we should all be doing everything we can to promote those conversations at the very least. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. I, I agree. I actually, I, I've really struggled with growing food. I do not have a green thumb, unfortunately. I just need a lessons in practice, but I switched to a plant-based diet more than a year ago. Before that was a huge carnivore. And the idea of meatless Mondays seemed very challenging to me. And then everything changed when I got cancer more than a year ago. And I completely shift my, you know, changed my diet. I'm completely healthy today, but I've been plant-based and had very little meat throughout the last probably 15 months. And I'm really enjoying it. I don't miss it that much, especially when you have some really great vegetables and produce and other things in your diet, you can make great food and there's more options out there than it ever has been before. I think with people doing, you know, people like you doing things, you know, innovative things like this to make food available to more people, we can absolutely change the world and help people become healthier because most of the food that's out there that people are eating, unfortunately, is just, it's not healthy, right? The processed foods is is causing a lot of problems, causing the cancers that a lot of people are getting. Not to go on a rant about our, you know, on my well, side right. of the society, but I've looked at a lot into all this stuff. Not yeah. to mention like the the way we farm food. I mean, I wouldn't consider SpaghettiOs food really. You know what I mean? Right. They're delicious. Like I'm gonna right. eat some SpaghettiOs sometimes, but but yeah. I wouldn't consider that food. Like once you leave right. the produce section of the grocery store, you've left the food section, right? Or the yeah. butcher or whatever. And 
when you look at the way we produce the amount of corn and soy and, you know, the, the large scale monocrop farms, mm-hmm. the chemical fertilizers and herbicides and pesticides that they're using in those fields, that's what killed my uncle from the cancer that he got, right? Because he was mm. just dumping it on his fields all year, you know, as, as a dairy farmer and he's just making hay and he's doing this and okay, that's the way we do it. And then, you know, he retires six days later, they had, you have a lot of cancer, sir. And he mm. fought it for a couple of years and that was it for him, you know? Yeah. So those practices too, we all need to take a look at. I mean, we have, again, short-term goals. Let's get the season one launch. We have two more seasons planned for, for this year. Yeah. But when we like sit back, at the end of like working in the field all day. And we're kind of like, man, what if this, you know, we have a really good day on Twitter. Gary V follows us. We have a podcast with with you, the homie or whatever. And we kind of sit back and have, you know, a glass of wine at the end of the day, the idea of scaling something like farm folk, right. And doing farm folk too. Right. But it's a thousand acres and it's employee owned and everybody's a, a token holder and it's controlled by a DAO and the food is still free and we're creating job training or whatever. That's when you talk about DeFi food, like, what yeah. if we could prove that model and scale yeah. it? And now all of a sudden there's, there's a lot of different ways to close that gap because between the people that grow your food, right. And make yeah. poverty wages, picking strawberries and the people that own that land that are just real estate speculating. Right. So yeah. if we can find ways with web three to, to break that wheel, I think yeah. it'd be really cool. This is phenomenal. L- last thing I'll ask you is, how are you marketing this? Because, you know, like with anything, you can create great ideas, but it's, you know, the whole idea of if you build it, they will come is kind of a myth, right? Whether it's a book or a company or a farm or an NFT or anything, like you've got to raise awareness. And I know it's not easy. Other people are looking for solutions on this too. So what have you been doing so far? What's working? What's not working? We find that going on podcasts is really helpful for us. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. A lot of Twitter outreach, being very active on Twitter making sure that you are coming outside of the community that you've already touched and then reaching even farther. If you're, if you're looking at Twitter marketing, I think a lot of times people will get stuck in that one community. Maybe that's like us, like we, we reached a lot of the deadheads community Mm -hmm. and then we kind of felt like that was all we were reaching. So then you got to like, go into spaces, Twitter spaces, and, you know, put yourself out there and, and talk to other people in different communities has been huge as far as Twitter marketing. One thing that's cool about Web3 is that everybody that's trying to launch a project, apart from like the so-called blue chips or whatever, everybody that's at our level of the game is working just as hard as we are the same way that we are. And everybody is very eager to help each other out. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, We've, I've been an entrepreneur my whole career, right? Opening restaurants and, and consulting and launching different projects. And I've never experienced the amount of like willing collaboration that exists in the Web3 space. Everybody's down to scratch your back and help you scratch theirs. And hey, let's trade a couple of NFTs. We'll give them away. We'll do this collab. We'll do a promo. And that makes it a lot easier. But you definitely have to be ready to like put yourself out there, right? It's like we have... Right. We've worked with some one-of-one artists that are like, oh man, this is great. Like, I love that you love my stuff and you're getting me out there. I'm terrified to do that myself. So I think, mm. you know, and it, it, was, it was weird after a couple of years of just being on the farm and, you know, I've been standing table side talking to strangers about $200 bottle of wines my whole career, but like getting on the internet and talking to strangers was something totally <laughs> new. And I was like, I don't know how to do, you know, but like, it's, you know, they're, everybody's just a person. We're all just trying to figure it out. So, Ooh, so, so most just- of it's done on most of our marketing has been done on Twitter. We did attend 
NFT Nashville. And then I have plans to attend NFT New York. So getting in front of people physically in the Web3 space, I think is definitely something people should look into doing. It was a really good time. And it's really cool to put faces with the Twitter handles of people that you've been interacting with. So that was really cool. I think that's, that's something that we should encourage newcomers to do. There's so many of those conferences popping up now. I'm I'm going to VCon next month. And uh, of course, looking at NFT NYC as well. I know a lot of people are going to be there. That's going to be a big one. I'm sure there'll be more in the fall. All right. This has been great, Brian and, and Brittany. So the project is Farm Folk. You have a VIP collection that is available now right? And you'll be doing a bigger launch later. If people want to get in on the uh, Homesteader, which is gets you access, where's the best place to go? Is it just getting it on OpenSea? Is there's a Mint? Or like, how do people get that? They're available on our OpenSea collection. The link's in our bio on Twitter. There's a Medium article in our bio on Twitter that explains a little bit more in depth, kind of succinctly about what we're trying to do here. Um, and, and like Brittany was saying, Twitter is where we do the most of our interacting. interacting. So we, we love those follows at Farm Folk NFT and you can find the OpenSea collection and a lot of conversation about whether or not candy corn is any good. So it's a very <laughs> silly place. Yeah, sure, what, what really is your, that's the current conversation we're having right now. Are you pro candy corn or anti candy corn? I, I try to limit candy in general, but I I do love candy corn. Good. I think it's, okay, I think good. It's pretty, I think it's pretty good. Good, no. good. I, I usually, by the way, and of course, I'm sure this debate will heat up in October and the fall, right? But I usually, and some people call me sick for this, but every Halloween, I issue a challenge on social media to my friends to abstain from eating candy on Halloween just to stop people from gorging. So the last three Halloweens or so, I haven't eaten any candy. But if I were going to eat some, that might be my number one go-to, I think. Yes. Okay, great. I I knew we were in the right place. I knew we were in the right place. There you go. So let the debate continue. Tweet at Farm Folk TV. If you like or dislike candy corn, make sure that you uh, tag me on that tweet as well. And make sure you're following them to find out the latest. Go grab a Farm Folk homesteader if you want to get involved in this project and look out for a bigger launch in the near future. Guys, thanks so much for being here. This has been so much fun. I look forward to keeping in touch and seeing where things go. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Glad to be here. (laughs) Take care. Thanks again for listening to My NFT Journey. Hey, I wanted to take a moment to let you know that our podcast right now is sponsored by Voice.com. Voice is an easy place for creators to create carbon-neutral NFTs. That's right. You may have heard about NFTs from the outcry around environmental impact and how much energy is being burned by Bitcoin and Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies and NFTs and tokens traded on the blockchain. Well, Voice is 65,000 times more energy efficient than Bitcoin and 17,000 times more energy efficient than Ethereum. So if you're looking to create some NFTs very easily or buy some NFTs, especially low-cost NFTs, very easily with US dollars and without burning lots of energy or impacting the environment, then check out voice.com. I am working on creating my own collection of NFTs on voice, and I've found so far that it's extremely easy. All you need is the right graphic, the right strategy, or what you want to create. Decide what you want to give to people when they buy the NFTs, and then go set it up. It only takes a few minutes. So go check it out, voice.com, and let me know what you think.